Bye, Mom. I'm going over to Betsy's. Well, shouldn't you at least get dressed? Huh? Dressed, you know, clothes you wear in public. I'm there, Mom. I'm wearing this. Honey, those clothes haven't even been ironed. Now, wait a minute. Those are your brother's pants. Honey, they are way too big for you. Mom, it's the edge. This is what me and my friends wear. It's cool. It's, it's grungy looking. Uh-huh. It's grunge. No, no, no. I said it's grungy. You know, grungy. Yeah, cool, huh? No, honey, I meant dirty looking. Well, I meant grunge. You know, like Seattle and rock climbing and espresso and music. Well, I meant grungy, like unkempt and messy and, and like you just got out of bed. Right. What do you mean? I did. I mean, I just got out of bed. Oh, <laughs> And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us on the Tuesday edition of our broadcast. And you can sympathize with that mom who uh, is facing some of the issues that all of us will face at one time or another and starting to wonder, what do I really believe? That's really the tip of the iceberg. Uh That's the tip of the iceberg. So we're going to have a little test here on the broadcast. Okay. (laughs) All right. That that laugh you just heard is from my wife, Barbara, who joins us in the studio here. And it's fun to have her on the broadcast here with us for a few days. Let's say, Bob, your um, your daughter or your son comes in with any one of these issues or any combination of the following issues related to appearance. Okay. This, this is a teenager. All right. All right. You ready? Yep. All right. Body piercing. Body piercing. Ears. Nose. Lip. Oh, man. You're, belly button. You're, okay. Tongue. A, it's hurting me enough. Picture, we got huh? the picture. That's All right. enough. All right. That's just one of them. No, that's not the list. <laughs> uh, neckwear. How yeah. about your son wanting to wear a necklace? Okay. All right. I've I, been through that. I'm imagining I, I this. went through that shock. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's uh, right. Easier to choke Multicolor with. Multicolor fingernail polish. Now, we're not talking about a fingernail polish that has multiple colors. We're talking about each <laughs> finger representing a different color <laughs> like black and blue and purple there are some really ugly or, they are really in uh-huh. or fluorescent uh-huh. different fluorescent mm-hmm. colors uh-huh. how about baggy pants on girls i've been for years i've wanted to wear baggy pants and it just doesn't work like it used to or baggy <laughs> pants on boys that or sagging pants on boys. Uh-huh. well that's where i was going with that one that's uh-huh. right uh-huh. freaky hairstyles Including neon colored right. or multicolored neon hair. Uh huh. Like the rainbow, Bob. Uh-huh. What are you going to say when your child wants to do that? All right. How about immodest clothing? Well, you got that? Yeah, we know <laughs> what You know how to do on that. that. No, we're done with how that. How about masculine clothing for girls or feminine clothing for boys? Yeah. Swimsuits. There are several types, you know. Uh huh. At least in a liberal definition of what a swimsuit is. Uh Where do you draw the line there? How about grunge dressing? Uh. Tattoos. Toe rings. Okay, I I think we got the picture, and it's getting uglier with every minute you you continue here. And you know, we don't live in California. This this is across the country. This is the heartland we're dealing with here. And, And we're dealing with the traps that are laid for adolescents as they go from middle school until adulthood. And one of those traps is the pressure to conform to the appearances that they see around them on TV, on their peers. All you have to do, Barbara, is go to the mall 
And mm-hmm. as parents, we walk out of there sometimes going, where are their parents? Uh-huh. Who are these kids? <laughs> yeah. And why do they want to look like uh-huh. that? Yeah. My daughter just last night was telling me about a young man who was really wanting to dye his hair some interesting color. And his mom, <laughs> his, his mom said, you can dye your hair any color as long as it's a color that is naturally found on the head of a, of a human animal. All right. So he chose to dye his hair red. Now it was world book red as opposed to any kind of normal red. red he huh? came home with this world book red hair and the mom said, what is that? And he said, it's red. You said I could dye it any color and it's red. Yeah. And and she said, yeah, but that's not human red. And, and at that point, a shrewd child will stand oh, up and dear. say, now, wait, mom and dad, they'll say, I've been reading in my Bible. And in First Samuel, it says, chapter, I, I read this just the other day, chapter 16, it says, verse seven, people look at the outside, right? but mm-hmm. God looks at the heart. So why are you all so hung up about how I look? Now, how do you answer that, mom? <laughs> well, you're in character really well. Yeah, I think he is. Oh, gosh. How do I answer that? <laughs> After looking at that face, how do you answer that? I mean, <laughs> you said me to say, go see your dad. Yeah, yeah no, go to your room. Go to your room and let me think about this for about an better, hour. Until you get a better face than that, you bet. Oh, gosh. I think what I would, well, after I got over the shock, obviously, <laughs> I would have to recover for a while. But uh-huh. I think I would have to say, yeah, that's true, but that people do make impressions and they do form judgments about who we are based on our outward appearance. And like it or not, that's the way we're wired. And if you are claiming to be a follower of Christ, is your appearance helping that or is it detracting from your claim to be a follower of Christ? And I think that's another angle that we need to bring to our kids because they can harp on this one aspect of God's Word that God only looks on the heart and, and is not uh, concerned about the outward appearance. But on the other hand, if we are to be ambassadors for Christ, are we supposed to be winsome? Are we supposed to be shocking? And there's no doubt about it. Red hair, yellow hair, purple hair is shocking. Mm-hmm. And that is not going to tell people that you belong to Christ. You know, what I would do, too, is is after that conversation was had, I would add this to my, my son or daughter, and if he had a face like yours, I would, <laughs> I would, I would probably be tempted to laugh after, <laughs> as it was happening. But I would say, you know, it is true that the Lord looks on the heart. And the reason a lot of young people today dress the way they do is because their heart is not right with mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And their uh, their outward appearance is is a statement of how they are doing in their hearts. And for you as a young man or as a young lady, uh, what you've got to cultivate is that inner beauty, that inner man, inner woman that is responsive to Jesus Christ, that wants to be his woman or his man. And and that makes what Barbara said uh, so much more important because she's appealing to that heart at that point to want to be that representative of Christ. And I think as parents, we've got to be careful not to be too shocked and not to go ballistic, even though internally <laughs> we may be going, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. what if they really follow through on this? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll just tell a little story about me. I, I'll never forget one of our boys. Well, it was Benjamin. Uh, he came home, and he was wearing a, uh, a necklace. 
And and just the thought of one of my sons wearing a necklace. I, I'm sorry. I, I just it just kind of hello. <laughs> my boy is wearing a necklace. I mean, what does this mean? You know, and I think as parents, we get a little uptight over these things. And 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 I was and, and yet I didn't say anything. I held my tongue. And I think Barbara probably helped me hold my tongue. And I interacted with her about it and didn't say anything about it. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit, and I didn't make a big deal, but I decided, you know what, I'm not going to draw a line in the sand Mm -hmm. around this issue and make this a life-or-death deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Pick your battles. You only got so many silver bullets, like the Lone Ranger. Mm -hmm. You only got so many of them. You better pick the ones you fire, because when you fire them, that's all you got. You haven't got any more. Mm -hmm. And I decided not to fire that silver bullet over that. You know what? I'm glad. It's interesting. Both of our sons now have that, that same necklace. It's a leather uh, necklace that has a, a little uh, fish, the Christian symbol for being a, a believer and follower of Christ. And, and frankly, the necklace has kind of grown on me. Hmm. I, I, I've kind of gone through a period where I go, you know, I wouldn't mind having one of those. So, you know, <laughs> call it a midlife crisis or whatever. But the point is, if we'll be careful of our reaction we can maintain our relationship with our child and not overreact and lose that relationship. Above all else, Barbara and I believe this with all of our hearts, don't lose the relationship with your child over one of these appearance issues. Your relationship is how you build those convictions and how you develop their heart for God. Barbara, some of the appearance issues that Dennis was describing are uh, are gray areas, you know. Whether your boy wears a leather strap with a mm-hmm. uh, a fish on it, it, there's nothing in the scripture dealing with right. that. There are some appearance issues that go right to the core of what is talked about. Uh, that's appropriate for young men and for young women. Right. The one that pops into my mind right away is the whole issue of modesty, and that's a big issue with girls. And it's a um, it's a particularly difficult issue with girls, um, with teenage girls who are built really well, who have really cute bodies. That's so held up in our culture and in our society, and they see those images on TV and in magazines and newspapers. They see those images everywhere, and they know they can look like that if they're built that way. Mm-hmm. And so the temptation for them is to wear things that are not proper, to wear things that are not modest. And and the Scripture does make it clear that women are to dress in a modest way that is becoming to them uh, who, who name the name of Christ. So as parents, that's a, a real sticky one because they feel, our girls feel the pull of the culture to dress in a way that they see out in front of them everywhere, and they see girls at school dressed like that. And then we, are, on the other hand, are trying to encourage them to develop a sense of modesty and a sense of propriety and mm-hmm. what's right and wrong. And so that's a real delicate balance. It takes a lot of teaching and a lot of training and a lot of tears and a lot of correction. But that's one of those issues, I think, though, that isn't a gray area, that is a black and white area for parents to deal with. Sometimes that immodesty can reflect a heart that is, well, that wants to be provocative. Mm-hmm. At other times, though, our daughters are simply naive to the fact that that dress 
is inappropriate, mm-hmm. that, that it's going to be provocative. Right, exactly. And in both cases, it, it goes back to the parents and their involvement with the child. In the case of, of a daughter who is, is acting in a provocative way, it may be because she's not getting the love and attention and acceptance and encouragement at home that she needs. And so she's, uh, without even realizing it, she's dressing that way to get attention from others. Mm-hmm. For the daughter who is naive, it may be because mom and dad haven't taken the time to explain to her how dressing like that affects boys. And she needs to hear over and over again, probably, that if she dresses in a certain way, that's going to stir up thoughts and desires in a young man that are not appropriate. And Mm -hmm. she doesn't want that to happen. So it all goes back to the parents and their involvement with their kids and seeing what's going on in the heart of their child and trying to discern and praying that God will lead them to understand what their child needs and then instruct and teach accordingly. Dennis, is there immodest dress for young men as well? Yes. I mean, some of this uh, saggy stuff, I'll never forget walking in behind one of my sons coming in the house, and he had the saggy pants, and I thought at any moment these babies are going to find their way <laughs> to the floor. Around his ankles, I'm huh? telling you, it's like, you're not going to any ball game tonight. Get your pants on, son. Pull them up. <laughs> and, you know, again, you got to save your, your bullets, and are you going to shoot it? shoot your gun over that or not right and, and at the point when the pants are about to fall off yeah i think it's time to fire uh-huh. <laughs> barbara it's you've been to the mall shopping with oh, your daughters it's pretty difficult today to find affordable clothing mm-hmm. that's appropriate tasteful and that you, that that's in your size and that has a color you like. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can spend all day and come home with one blouse and that's it. Yeah, it's very difficult. And part of what parents need to do, especially moms, is as they take their girls shopping, they need to start when they're younger, training them on, on what's appropriate and what's not appropriate so that they, when they hit 13, 14, 15, and they want to wear, say, for instance, a skimpy two-piece bathing suit, you don't say, oh, well, now that's not appropriate for you. It was okay when you were five, but Mm -hmm. now it's not appropriate. So a lot of it is the way they've been trained all along, and it is difficult to find things that are appropriate. But if you are willing to do that, starting Mm -hmm. when they're little, and they get used to that kind of uh, dress and that kind of modesty, then it won't be as difficult. I'm not saying it'll be easy, but it won't be as difficult when they're 14 and 15. I went on a date with one of my teenage girls and found this out firsthand. It was a it was a date to build a relationship with my daughter, and we decided we'd go do a little shopping, and I'd buy her a little outfit. And um, when she tried it on, there was this tall, long-legged girl about her age trying on the same outfit, and somehow it looked too short on her. But on my daughter, who was a lot shorter, it looked okay. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of a comparison taking place there as I was watching this happen. And so we brought it home, and my, my daughter tried this on and then paraded around the dinner table showing her new outfit. And um, I'll never forget Samuel, who was still at home at the time, said, Dad, I am not believing you allowed her to buy that. It's indecent, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> When your sons start correcting you on this thing, I'm guilty as charged. And you know what? We had to take it back Mm. because by comparison, I'd fall into the very trap that we were trying to train our daughters to stay out of. And that was you get in this comparison and after a while you you dumb down your standards to such a low low standard that you can almost justify anything. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important that mom and dad be together and for the most part. 
other than recently when Barbara <laughs> completely betrayed me in our marriage and just oh, really undermined me as hey God, hey God, what and leader of our home. <laughs> oh, we are usually story. we yeah. are usually together. We're on feeling this thing. we're feeling so sorry for you. Tell us the real story here, Barbara. Yeah, what's the tell real them the story? real story, Barbara. <laughs> probably don't want to hear oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah they do they okay well okay so it's prom time and we're shopping for a prom dress and we've been to several different locations and we've tried on many dresses that are either too expensive too low cut too tight too low in the back too whatever mm-hmm. i mean 50 gazillion problems with all these dresses and meanwhile our daughter is getting more and more discouraged that she is going to ever find a dress that she likes. And, of course, this is such a monumental event. This is her first prom. She's been looking forward to this for years, literally, and she wants to find the dress now. She's not willing to wait and trust that the Lord has one for her later on. She wants to find it today because she's so excited about this thing. So she's willing to make any compromise she can to get one. When this was happening, Bob— we're not talking that we're just a few days from prom. We're nearly four months before prom. Well, no, that's an exaggeration, prom. too. Near, oh. Two. Okay. Somewhere between two and two four months. Two and four months. months, somewhere in there. But I was there. I went to the stores, and I saw all these gownless evening straps. Yes. I mean, I, I saw them, uh-huh. and it's not an easy task. Uh-huh. But the next thing I know, I'm coming home from work, and— my daughter is, Daddy, Daddy, have you seen it? Seen what, honey? My new prom dress. And I go, no. She said, Mom and I went down to the store and we bought it. Really? <laughs> now, I've been involved in, in almost all the prom dresses that our girls have bought so far. Mm-hmm. I was not in on this one. Mm-hmm. When you bring a prom dress home, you bought it. <laughs> <laughs> you own it. You own it. Uh-huh. All right. And so here I am. I am now in a lose-lose situation. Right. It's two what's, on two on one. What's what's <laughs> a dad going to say at this point? Uh-huh. I mean, do you bag it and literally put it in the trash and go buy another one? And it's not a um, it's not an immodest prom dress as prom dresses go, but if I had been there when this was being picked out, I don't know. And I can't say this for sure, Bob, because I, I, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. All right. But I can't say for sure if this prom dress would have passed muster. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, it seems to me like it's a few yards short of material. <laughs> and it's, again, it's not immodest, but, but uh, you know, I I'm, I was kind of thinking of some kind of burlap sack or tent, something. A tent is a tent. what you were looking yeah, for. Yeah, I'm looking for the tent. A turtleneck long sleeve is what you were that, thinking, That's right? exactly right for my daughter, who is too cute, okay? But this is, you know, I think the reason we share this like this is is why not be real here on radio because this is what moms and dads all over the country go through as you hammer out life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it sounds real easy in a studio to to kind of carve out these issues, but these traps are real. They're tough. You got to stay together as a couple and just make sure you don't undermine one another around the issue. You know, I remember as our uh, <laughs> <laughs> And I'm only chuckling, folks, because our host and his wife were sticking their tongues out at one another during that last interchange. 
I'm sure right now our listeners are going, I think it's time for a new host of Family well, Life today. they're probably changing. To yeah. show. Here's the thing. I remember the, the question at our house about when were our girls old enough to get their ears pierced. And I was the dad who figured 30 was about the appropriate age for pierced ears. And, and yet I've seen other parents who have decided that a six-month-old baby Mm-hmm. has her ears pierced. And in the absence of specific scriptural definition, like not dressing immodestly, as parents, we really do have to come together and say, mm-hmm. what are we going to do about nail polish? What are we going to do about lipstick? When is mm-hmm. uh, makeup appropriate mm-hmm. for a child? And how much makeup right. is appropriate for a child? And then when we get to our sons, what about hairstyles? Oh, now, wait a second. You, you left off a few of the daughters. <laughs> How many holes in the ear right. can they Yeah, we're pun- up to puncture. five and six. I yeah. mean, yeah, uh-huh. and the nose and the lips and right. everything else they got today. Uh, and then, of course, there are holes in son's ears and yep. holes mm-hmm. in other parts of the son's anatomy. There's hairstyle with, with sons. Uh, they can look sloppy. They can look uh, inappropriate or immodest themselves. And And, again, in the absence of a clear scriptural admonition, we really have to decide what are our family's standards and convictions, and then where are we going to fire those silver bullets? Bob, you've said it. The absolute key here is that a mom and dad have hammered out a set of boundaries that they're going to live by. And yeah, you can change it. You don't have to. You don't have to to build a standard that you know never changes as as the culture changes. But Barbara and I set down some some rules and some boundaries, and one of the advantages of having six children is that you get to go through the process of ushering them into adolescence several times. And so you begin to realize, you know, there are going to be certain passages of life that our children go through. And so when it came to some of these issues like body piercing, we said, you know, if if you want to puncture your ear, your nose, uh, anything else, you can have the freedom to do that. But that will be when you leave home. Mm -hmm. That will be when you're 18, off on your own, and you can decide that you permanently want to disfigure your (laughs) ear or your nose with with, uh, some of this paraphernalia. Well, some things are pretty permanent, whether it's tattoos or or holes in the lip. Absolutely. And you just don't waver at that point, and you maintain your position as a parent. Now... Some parents are listening to me and say, but but you don't understand. I mean, how could you control that? Well, it's very easy. You as a couple, clarify the boundaries, hopefully in advance of the issue, Mm -hmm. so it's no surprise to your teen. You've been talking about it as they're 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, on into adolescence. So the child doesn't get hit sideways with one of these things. They understand that they've got appropriate freedom but it's going to be a while before it comes. And that you as a parent, because you're paying the bills, because you're placed in authority by God and held accountable by him for your child's well-being, you're going to guard your child's physical appearance and put the appropriate weight on their external care and look out for them when it comes to issues of modesty, when it comes to issues of uh, of piercing and hair color and and on and on it goes. Mm-hmm. Barbara, we're back kind of to where we started. Ultimately, the issue we do care about is the heart of a child. Mm-hmm. And at some level, a child's appearance does reflect what's in a child's heart, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And so I think in the big picture that parents need to keep in mind is what's going on 
inside the child? What What is this dress or this desire to triple pierce your ears or to dye your hair or whatever the, mm-hmm. the choice may be? What is that representing? Is it representing uh, a desire on your child's mm-hmm. part to make a statement, to uh, be his own person? Right. Well, help him be his own person. Help him develop his identity and his character and help him find a mission so that he can find that fulfillment in a way that's healthy, but not necessarily have to express it in some radical way. And that doesn't mean that he's not going to uh, choose to wear some things or do some things that you would necessarily like. But if you're if you're keyed into what's going on in your child's life, then you can help him satisfy those needs uh, that he is expressing in an in an appearance kind of way, uh, in a way that's healthy for him. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, we've talked about an issue on the broadcast today, this trap of appearance. And by the way, our engineer wants to know what you think of his fuchsia-colored goatee that he has. <laughs> <laughs> I think it looks cute. cute. <laughs> it is cute, isn't I it? I think it looks cute. He's an adult, you know. So he can do what he wants. <laughs> if his wife will put up with that fuchsia-colored beard, then uh, actually, folks. <laughs> it's not fuchsia. It's not fuchsia. No, please, don't write us about that, please. But, you know, we've talked about this trap that gets adolescents that trap of uh, appearance, and we've laughed a lot about this, but for some parents who've been listening to us today, they're alarmed. Mm -hmm. They are concerned. Why? Because their child is plopped down in the middle of peers that they wonder where this thing is taking their son or daughter. And I want to tell you something. You need to figure out if you can, with the strength that God supplies and with a prayerful attitude, uh, a little bit of what Barbara was talking about, Bob, and that is, what is it your child is getting from his peers or her peers that he's not getting from you at home? What unique need is being met in that conformity of identity that um, you as a couple need to work hard or you as a single parent need to go to, to prayer about and need to work on as a parent to uh, minister to your son or your daughter? And um, if you pray that prayer and you ask God to give you insight, he'll show you. And uh, you may realize that you've got some hard work cut out for you. But I would rather do battle for my children and their their soul at this point rather than battle them about their appearance. Mm -hmm. The real issue is, uh, is their heart desirous of being obedient to Christ? And if it's not, then we as parents have to go after them. We've got to love them back. To the Savior and be God's arms of love to uh, pull them back to God. Mm-hmm.